Well, today is the day of purple, in case uh, you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't make any official announcement, but as I was preparing a message, I mentioned a few people, hey, maybe it'd be nice to do some purple. You know, my favorite color used to be, when I was young, green, like pretty common for most people, kind of like green. And um, as I age, I tend to lean towards purple. Uh, I get, I'm sure you get to understand why. And if you look at Proverbs 31, uh, as you know, um, you know, my design firm is founded based on Proverbs 31, which is about wife or woman of noble character. And even in that uh, chapter, talks about this particular woman. She makes coverings for her bed, and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. So what is the meaning of fine linen and purple? Well, fine linen and purple were the sort of the fabric of uh, royalty, priesthood, wealth, and kind of status. Um, and, And perhaps one of the reasons is that back then, it just took so much uh, uh, effort um, to 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 make uh, purple dye. Purple, the color purple is mentioned many 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 times. I think I mentioned uh, the other day, uh, last week, uh, we we're talking about other um, you know the woman of the uh, the Bible, maybe four or five times, maybe you know uh, twelve. 14 times, and even the disciples' names are not mentioned that often. But purple is mentioned, depending on which version you read, from 53 to 58 times. That's a lot of word purple uh, in the uh, scripture. We look at the Luke 16, 16, uh, referring to the rich man in Nazareth. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Then in Mark 15, uh, verse 16 and 20, it talks about when Jesus was being dragged into a cross and they were mocking him. And uh, in, in an effort to, uh, as they were mocking him, they put on a purple robe on Jesus and twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call him out, hell, the king of Jew. It's in a way of uh, mocking them. And, uh, and when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Well, in the case of this uh, rich man, um, he was dressed in purple, uh, perhaps because he was rich man. Purple, perhaps to him, is like more like to us, uh, Fendi or Gucci or what are some expensive clothing, whatever. You know, it's like something that he did, he was wearing. Uh, and in the case of uh, Roman soldiers, uh, purple that uh, they put on uh, Jesus signifies um, the fact that purple represents royal. Even though they mocked him because before he uh, dies, at least 
the soldiers, in an effort to mock him, put on uh, this royalty-colored clothing on him momentarily just to, to show that, uh, look what happened to your uh, royal uh, person. In Daniel, um, when Daniel was promoted, elevated to be in command in the kingdom of Babylon, which you know the story, and the king, Belshazzar told Daniel after he interpreted the dream, and the king told him, you shall be clothed with the purple and have a chain of gold around your neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Well, something about purple. Purple is, is very, very rare in nature. You may have seen some flowers uh, in purple, but it's very rare in nature. Color dye to create purple uh, was the most expensive known to ancient times in the Bible. Uh, therefore, it was color of choice for those of noble, royal birth, or officials. It means priesthood, kingship, loyalty, mediator, and wealth, of course, status. Roman emperors were clothing that are colored in purple. Today, even Catholic bishops are still wearing purple robes. Do you know how the dyes are created? You may have a guess, you know, some, when you're a little kid, you, you buy, get some flowers and, and the little kids uh, put on the fingertip and you leave it there a little bit, it kind of turns into different colors. And that's how, yes, it is made. They're made out of uh, plants, uh, minerals, and roots, and berries, and barks, and leaves. So most of the primary colors uh, are derived that way, and they're very easy to make. But dye for purple color was very, very tedious and expensive process even back then. The uh, dyes for purple colors were made from sea snails, not from plants or flowers. And what is great about the dye from sea snail is that once it's dyed, it doesn't wear off like other dyes. So once it's uh, dyed into purple color, it stays almost like permanent, a long time, even after washing uh, many times. So that's why another reason why it's very expensive. To give you an idea, to extract, as you can see up there, one tablespoonful of pure dye, which is four grams, takes about 32,000 shellfish, sea snails. You've got to extract 32,000 of them. And then there's a little thing, that is, I don't know exactly what it is, but the inside of there is something that you, you extract, then you go through the process, and it takes like 32,000 of those seashells in order to make four grams of purple dye. At that time, four grams of purple dye was valued at the 40 grams of gold. More by weight, the dyes were more expensive than the gold. 
in those days, the garments like robe and shawl, they were heavy because the, the, the clothing, the linen was heavy. And regular uh, robe that, that the, the priesthood or the people of status were about three pounds, we were told, to die three pounds, it cost about 3,000 denarii, which took nine years of labor for one person. Nine years to earn 3,000 denarii. And that is why it was expensive even back then. If we had to go through the same process today, it's probably one of the most expensive clothing you can wear today. So as we continue our series in the Woman of Bible, so when we're today, we're going to talk about Lydia. Simply put, she was a seller, a dealer of purpose, purple clothing. Naturally, she was a business woman uh, doing a business afar, far away from her hometown, Thyatira, in the eastern part of today's Turkey. That's where her home was. Uh, Thyatira, which is the uh, uh, eastern part of a Tur- today's Turkey. Yet she went to um, the capital of Macedonia, Philippi, to do this trading, which you see that second dot by the Macedonia. She worked hard. She had a people under her, guessing from the fact that it takes 32,000 uh, sea snails in order to extract dye. She, I don't know how many people that she employed, probably a lot. Maybe she wasn't in the dye business, maybe she was uh, buying the dye and then, uh, and then actually dyeing the, uh, uh, the, the clothing and linen and to sell. We're not sure, but still she had a lot of people uh, under, her, under her because it talks about household that she was able to convince to Christianity. She was a worshiper of God. She was not a Christian until she met Apostle Paul. Then she gets baptized. And as a businesswoman, she knows when something's good. Business people kind of know when the opportunity is there, they seize on. And naturally, Lydia, being a good businesswoman, when she saw the gospel was good, she made decision right there and then. And then she gets baptized right on the spot. And then she convinces other people to get baptized. And then she begins a ministry of hospitality, which then turns into the first church in Europe, first church in what is known today as Greece. Church of Philippi. So here's the story. While Apostle Paul was making his second missionary trip, he had a vision to go to Macedonia. And without any hesitation, he went. You know what this means? This means God is at work when you pray honestly to God. He said, well, what are you talking about then? Well, you get to see, when we go through the, the text, when Paul saw a vision, this was a response from someone praying. 
Acts chapter 16, verse 9 through 10. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to live for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, this is no accident. Paul had a vision given from God. And what is clear is that Paul, not Paul, even God was responding to a call. See, when we pray to God, seek for something, God responds. That's what we need to remember. Whenever we read a story about, always think about how you fit in, how we fit in. What is the message from God to us? So, when Paul got to Philippi, the capital of Macedonia, interestingly that he found no man, even though his vision, a man of Macedonia, was calling for him. But there was no man to preach, or there was no synagogue. No church. The question, like typical, you know, the young people today always says, "What well, are good men, you know, around?" I guess that it's always good to hard to find a good man around. So Paul goes down to Riverside and finds some woman instead, who are gathered, who are praying. So Jesus, Apostle Paul. Uh, Preach the gospel to them. Acts chapter 16, verse 12 to 13 says, From there we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony. That's Greece today, back then was Roman colony. And the leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there for several days. On the Sabbath, now this is the Sabbath, it's the holy day for them. We went out to the city gate, to the river, where we expected to find place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. It's not just one woman. It's woman, it's an M-E-N, plural. Among them was a woman named Lydia. And she accepts the message of gospel from Apostle Paul without any hesitation. So verse 14, one of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple clothes from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message of gospel, the good news. So what can we learn to this point? She was decisive. We can guess from the fact that she was the dealer of the purple clothes. She was probably somewhat well-to-do, rich maybe. She was. She was a worshiper. But there and then, she converts to Christianity. Now time out for one second before we get into any further. Last week, we studied about Mary Magdalene. 
up until the birth of Christ, the lineage based on the bloodline was very important. And yet right after the resurrection, the lineage is passed onto those who believe. So we are all in the lineage now. Mary Magdalene was not in Jesus' bloodline, but she got the honor of lighting the flame of the gospel of good news, the flame of salvation unto others to hear. Remember, Jesus appeared to her. Then Jesus commissioned her to go and tell the good news and light the flame. In the case of Lydia, Paul saw envision to go to Macedonia to preach. So he hurried and got there. But when he got there, the vision says there was going to be a man, but there's no man. But instead, a woman named Lydia. God gave vision to Apostle Paul to go to Macedonia. God had Lydia in mind. Sometimes we have, people have a dream, they talk about dream. And um, I'm, I'm no in, uh, dream interpreter. But just enough that I've read and, and been coached by some, some people about the dreams is when you get dream, and you're a godly dream, you know it's godly dream, and you have to look at intent, the message. Don't try to look at, like, what color was that? Who was that? that? That figure who called me to do something, was it man or woman? I think that was my brother or was it my, 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 my parents? It's not important, they say. Because if, it, if you see a man or, or, or human in the Bible, is, I mean, the dream is usually it means just a messenger. Think of it as messenger. Don't make a big deal out of it. You know, so I found that to be very interesting. <coughs> in the case of Lydia, God had Lydia in mind. So, what's the significance of this? She becomes first a convert in the land of Europe, Macedonia, Greece, and God uses woman for his ministry, even the rich one. In the case of rich man and Nazareth, the rich man did not respond to the gospel. But in the case of Lydia, the rich woman, she responded. I don't know, maybe I suppose that tells something about man can be a little bit more stubborn than woman, yes. Maybe that's just a matter of the fact. I'm just looking at her. Lydia was a businesswoman, perhaps a successful one. God uses business people, people in the marketplace, both men and women, for his ministry. This is very important in the past the lineage of Jesus 
in continuing his legacy, God used prostitutes and sick, sick ones and foreigners. In the New Testament, God used both one's demon-possessed and even the rich one for his works. Which reminds me that in Proverbs 31, this woman in Proverbs 31, the woman of noble character, or known as wife of noble character, is also a businesswoman. And there is a tremendous resemblance between Lydia and this woman in Proverbs 31. One may even think that Proverbs 31 is Proverbs talking about the forecoming of women like Lydia. You'd be shocking. You'd be shocking to you. Proverbs 31, verse 13. She selects wool and flax. This woman is a clothing business. And works with the eagle hands. She is like merchant ships. Well, I know it's kind of it's a, it's a, it's a phrasing, but it's merchant ships. It's like going back and forth, bringing her food from afar, like Thyatira to Philippi. There's a body of sea in between. They need to use ship to go between the two. Proverbs 31:18. She sees that her trading is profitable. Profitable does not has two meanings in this case. One is, yeah, it could be money, it could be profit as in income. It also means trading that becomes beneficial to others. It's not always means money. And her lamp does not go out at night. Proverbs 31, 22. She makes clothing, she makes coverings for her bed. And she is clothed in fine linen and purple. This wife of noble character, I'm sure she's pretty well-to-do, wealthy or rich as well, to be able to wear purple. <coughs> then Lydia sets, as an example, it's hard for us to serve and how for us to be hospitable for his people and how to do ministry. Doing ministry with a life of dignity and strength. So let's see how she does it. Acts 16, verse 15. When she and the members of her household were baptized. Her supposed family, we don't know in the Bible whether she's married or not. Household. Her workers, servants, employees. When she and the members of the household were baptized, she invited us to her home. The key word from this point on is home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, Lydia is saying to Pastor Paul, she said, come and stay in my house, my home. And she persuaded us, spoken just like a business person. Persuade Apostle Paul. Yes, she is persuasive when she said, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, 
come and stay my house. This is also a statement of grace. She didn't do anything. She was just well-to-do, businesswoman, little well-to-do. She was just praying to the God that she knew. Perhaps she was a Jew. We don't know that either. When she accepted Paul's message of good news, she immediately becomes a believer, and she acknowledges that in saying to Pastor Paul, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, which means she accepted it. And please stay at my house. Grace does not require work. As you know, favor requires work. The blessing of favor requires work. That's a different matter subject. She is hospitable and has the heart of love to serve. And Jesus said, Matthew 20, verse 26, 28, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve. The Bible tells us that one of the best ways to do the ministry is to gather around at home. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 to 47. In summary, it basically says all believers were together, had everything in common. They shared everything. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple. They broke bread in their home and ate together with a glad and sincere heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. That's when God continued to add to a number daily those who were being saved. So after Paul, Silas stayed with Lydia, they went off to engage in a ministry, and they came back to Lydia's house. The verse 40 of chapter 16, after Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with brothers and encouraged them. Then they left. You see, back then, Philippi, the capital of Macedonia, Philippi, was hostile to believers and Christians, to Paul and to Silas. When Paul went, left Lydia's home to do the ministry and ended up healing a slave girl who had a spirit of predicting the future. And when the owner of the slave found out she can no longer predict the future, he got mad got angry and threw both Paul and Silas into prison. Amazing things happened in that prison, and he would, both of them were released. Yet, it was Lydia that took them into her house. 
She fed them, housed them, and her new home in Macedonia becomes a gathering place of fellow believers. Lydia, a woman, Lydia was a instrumental in making the great church in Philippi. Importance of this church as a sea church for all Greece and Europe was enormous. Home is a great place to welcome and to be hospitable. She prayed, accept the message, convince the others, and serve God's people. She did that with all dignity and strength. Proverbs also says, the wife of noble character, the woman of a noble character, she is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. Lydia dealing with purple clothes of priesthood, loyalty, and being justified with the faith she is seen as a woman wearing the cloth of righteousness. Job 29:14, I put on righteousness as my clothing, justice as my was my robe and my turban. Psalm 132:9, may your priests be clothed with righteousness. May your saints sing for joy. Isaiah 61, verse 10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of righteousness. The Bible teaches the symbol of clothing to teach us about righteousness. Jesus told a parable about a wedding feast where they were all invited to wear the right robe for that occasion. But one man was not wearing the right wedding clothes. He was thrown out in disguise, disgrace. This symbolizes the difference between trusting in Christ and trying to earn salvation on our own. Just as Jesus intentionally appeared before Mary Magdalene to tell her to go to my brothers and tell them about the good news, Jesus appeared before Lydia when he gave vision to Paul to go to Macedonia. And Lydia's home becomes meeting place for church in Philippi. So what might we learn from all this? Sharing our talents, our time, our treasures can be amazing and can change the world. Setting aside time of prayer in spiritual companionship that Lydia was involved, opens the door for the Holy Spirit to find us. God listens to our prayers and sends the Holy Spirit 
to connect with us as God did to Lydia through Apostle Paul. What can we learn from Lydia? Make a decision, put on working booth and get to it. Do not hesitate. Spread the good news. Carry the torch of grace, the good news. And be generous and be hospitable in serving others. Clothe yourself with righteousness as we clothe with the strength and dignity and with the grace of salvation. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much.